Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Happy New Year, Edwin. Still, absolutely. All week long. long. All week long. Yeah, it'll be an old year next week. Right now, (laughs) Happy New Year. It's full of possibility. Who knows what this new year will bring? Absolutely. Hopefully Absolutely. good things. Oh, definitely good things. There will be some good things. There'll be some tough things. And you know what? There'll be some things. And there'll be some things. <laughs> I went to a funeral recently. And of course, you know, again, kind of talking in faith, I'm toying with doing a sermon that probably will happen sometime between us recording this and us actually airing this discussion. But went to a funeral recently. And in the funeral, they sang, It Is Well With My Soul. And it Man, I, it it hit me big time. I don't know why, but it did. Yeah. It did. So I'm I'm toying with a maybe an end of the year sermon that hopefully everybody at Livingston has already heard by the time this airs. Unless I got a different idea. Unless you got a better idea, and then they'll be like, "Well, maybe we'll hear a sermon about it as well with my soul but, sometime." But but again, here in 2023, there's going to be some good things. There's going to be some hard things and yeah. some bad things, and there's just going to be some things. But we are in Jesus Christ, and so it is well with my soul. Amen to that. Amen to that. So let's read Psalm 71. I have Psalm 71 open before me. I'm reading from the New International Version today. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Rescue me and deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge, to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of evil and cruel men. For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will rescue him. Be not far from me, O God. Come quickly, O my God, to help me. May my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteousness, of your salvation, all day long, though I know not its measure." I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O Sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Your righteousness reaches to the skies, O God. You will have done great things. Who, O God, is like you? Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praise to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have redeemed. My tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long, 
for those who wanted to harm me have been put to shame and confusion. I'd like to talk a little bit about this whole idea of the next generation, another generation. And we, we mentioned the other day about the, the no retirement for old men mm-hmm. and, and, and moving on from just the idea of self-defense against the enemy. But also there's a job. There's, there's other people that are a part of this army of the Lord that we Absolutely. have responsibility to. But before I do that, I, I feel like there's a little bit of a segue. Because as we are passing that on... I want to make sure that we're being honest, that we're being thorough and open with folks. And and this, I think this psalm actually demonstrates something where we can have a great object lesson. So go back. You still have the NIV open there? Sure. Look at verse 7. What did it say there yeah. in verse 7? Verse 7 says, I have become like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. So that word for portent. Okay, some of the translations say wonder, some say example, this one says portent, the ESV also says portent. I noticed that. Here's an interesting thing about that. That word could mean, the the, the Hebrew word that's translated, I don't Mm -hmm. know what it is, but that word could mean something positive. Mm -hmm. I've become an example. I have, you know what, all these things have happened, but I've always hung on to you, and I am an example to many, and so I've taken, because I have taken refuge, I'm this positive example. Okay. However, that word can also mean... You know, I've be a portent. I've become a warning. I've become this negative example, folks. It's with, really with the New King James translating it, wonder. Yeah. You know, that is something you can't look away from. There's going to be a lesson there, but it's not necessarily a good thing. You know, the great signs and wonders in Egypt were actually these terrible calamities. Yeah. Yeah. And so this this okay, which is it? Is is David mm-hmm. saying is or, or whoever's writing this? I tend to think David, but is is this psalmist saying, "Hey, I have been this great example. I have been assigned to many of of people who hang on to you, who take their refuge in you, and so that's that's what I've done. So please let's keep it up." Or is he saying, "Look at how bad it's gotten. It's gotten so bad. I have become a portent. I've become a byword." Some of the previous psalms that we've just read actually have that imagery. You know. Folks are making fun of me. I've become a song for the drunkards. That's how that's how bad it's gotten. Uh, look, I don't know which one in these verses. In fact, it was odd as I was just studying and preparing. It's like I'd read one commentary mm-hmm. and they would say it could mean either one, but the context demands that it's a positive example. And then I'd read the next commentary and they'd say it could be either one, but the context demands that it's a negative example. <laughs> and then I'd read the next one. they say it could be either one, but this word, when we look at how all it's used, it's almost always a positive example. And then I'd read the next guy and he would say, you know, we look at this word and how often it's used, it's almost always a negative example. So the reality is uh, we're, we're, we don't know. We, we can't say. Now, skeptics find out about that kind of thing, and they say, oh, see, you can't even translate the Bible. You can't interpret it. You can't. Here's the point that I want to make on this. Yeah, we come to places where translation is difficult. Mm-hmm. There really are places, and I don't think we should pass on to the next generation. Oh, no, there's no problems. There's, there's no struggles with interpretation. There's no, and I think some people want to do that. They want to, they want to pretend like there are none of these difficulties, but there are, there are some difficulties. However, let's just, let's just assess this difficulty. If, if, if it actually is the negative one, but we mm-hmm. think it's the positive one, is that going to cause us to misunderstand Scripture, to misunderstand Jesus, to misunderstand how we're supposed to obey God? Well, no, of course not. Either one of these choices we make provides a powerful lesson that still helps us serve the Lord. And so, yeah, there are difficulties. There are places of struggle. But there's not anything there that says, oh, I shouldn't trust this book at all. It's just, it's just so awful. Well, and so oftentimes the context around a word is going to lead you to make a decision about a translation. 
And, you know, the tricky thing about this psalm is honestly either one would fit, wouldn't it? It sure would. Because you read the rest of the psalm, and clearly here's a fellow that from his youth has had some very difficult things. But he's held on to the Lord throughout. Yeah. And so as those difficult things are these kind of bad examples and hardships, and yet God has delivered him through that time, or has he been faithful through it all? And so, so he's I'm a, a good, good example, example. Yeah. you know, do like I did. But but either way, I think you are going to come to the lesson of the psalm, yeah. which is hold on to the Lord to the end and trust in the Lord for his deliverance all the way through to the end. And I think that's why it's important for us to realize, are there difficulties? Well, yeah. Yeah, there really are. Are there manuscriptal difficulties? Differences? Yeah. Are there are there translational struggles that we have? Well, of course there are. That's just the nature. I will say this. The Bible actually has less of them than yeah. almost any other literature out there. Of the, the ancient if, documents If we're going to throw out yeah. the Bible because of some of these struggles, then we actually have to throw out all ancient literature. Yeah. Because it, 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 there's just greater attestation to the Bible of its veracity, of its truth, of its consistency than anything else. But... I just want us to be honest as we're passing it on. Sure, yeah. You know what, young people, you're going to get online and somebody's going to post a video and they're going to tell you about, look, here's this verse where we don't know. We don't know what this word, okay, yeah, we don't know what this one means. We know it's a couple of things. Either one of them fits. And actually, whichever one we think, it gives us a powerful lesson that gets to the point. And if we're wrong, it's not leading us away into some crazy different teaching or doctrine or practice. So I think that's just important to notice. Uh, let's take another lesson from this same word okay, in the same situation, and that is for older people to realize and appreciate that their lives do tell a story. Oh, good point. That you and I and and the you know the the life we are leading it does become the portent mm-hmm. for others. We're going to have a tremendous influence and effect upon our immediate family. And I think about the children that we're raising, grandchildren, hopefully we'll get to, you know, like this psalmist talks about, get to be gray-headed and enjoy some of those grandkids. But uh, but even if not, our, our life is, is a story, is an example to others. I hope it is one that when people will look at it, they will say, he was faithful to the Lord to the end. He was praising the Lord to the end. He did trust the Lord to the end. One of the things I really like about this is we look at this psalmist who is aged and gray-headed, and he's asking for extended life. But as we look at verse 18, it's not, God, don't forsake me, because look, these are the best years. These are the years when I ought to have leisure. These are the years when I ought to have convenience and ease and, and relaxation. What he says is, don't forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your mm-hmm. power to all those to come. He says, look, there's there's more people that need to hear about you. Lord, please let, let my life linger so that I can be passing that on. On to the yeah. generations to come, whether we're just talking about the very next generation or my grandkids or my great grandkids, let me have opportunity to pass that on. You know, we were talking about different cultures and worldviews and times changing back on Monday. Yeah, and I will say that one of the things I think is a challenge in our current culture and society. Mm-hmm is there's not a whole lot of, well, let's be sure and listen to our elders. Let's right. be sure and respect the aged. They have important things to say to us over and against other cultures, like when you go to the Eastern Hemisphere, like when you look at some of these, what do they call them now, majority world cultures, mm-hmm. where there is a reverence for old hair and, excuse me, gray hair and a reverence for the older generation. Yeah. Those are the leaders. Here we've gotten that pretty pretty backwards. Yeah. We're we're into idolizing youth and, you know, the the children of the future and let the children teach us and all mm-hmm. such as that. Yeah, treat them well and let them lead the way. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's our culture. But you know what? Let's face it. We're in a culture that is not like that. I wish I wish we were more like that. I want to. I have not done a good job at, I believe, in passing that that principle along to my kids, and I'm trying to change that even right now. I haven't always followed that very well myself. Yeah. But I guess one of the things I want to say is I get it. I get it. In our culture, what often happens is the, the older folks get put out to pasture, and that's sad, and it's wrong. My encouragement to the aged who are listening right now, and what I want to remember when I am aged, is rather than giving up because those folks aren't doing what they're supposed to, you know what? I need to step up and, and stay in the saddle. And I get it. It would be great if folks who were younger than me went ahead and invited me over to their house and yeah. wanted to talk to me. But all right, they're not. They're not. So what am I going to do? Well, it's time for me to invite them over. It's time for me to be granddad. Yeah. Even In fact, one while of the you things, can. Yeah, while I can. And, and pass that on. We are a family in the church. Mm-hmm. And it's a struggle in our American Western society because we're so individualistic. Sometimes we like to say the word family, but we don't act like family, especially not like family was when the Bible was written. Yeah, yeah. But, but that idea of, look... The young people need grandparents. They absolutely do. And, and I don't just mean their biological grandparents. I mean they need spiritual grandparents. They, they need – and see, you know I, – I, I, Grandparents, they bring the faith yeah. to the next generation. I know folks like to say God has no grandchildren, but we do need to realize that in the church there are grandchildren. There, there are <laughs> there are children who look back at their parents and their grandparents and their great Absolutely there are. And, you know, one of the sad things – I'll just talk I, – I look at this psalm and say here's here is the call for grandpa. Yeah. You know, here, here's his call. Here's his work. Here's what he needs to be doing. And it's not just about your biological children and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. It's like it, these spiritual ones that are around us. Yes. I, I'm just going to get personal. As a preacher, I've had to move away from my biological and civil family, yeah. working with churches away from that. And and my kids did not grow up with grandparents. But I remember when we were in Texas and my kids were born, there were people in the church that were grandparents yeah. to them. Yeah, and then I too. moved somewhere else and the folks didn't see them born. And they weren't as interested in my kids. And I'm not trying to blame anybody. You know what? My kids are going to make their own choices. But now as I'm older and I'm looking back, I wish I had taken more time with my kids every place we had been to give them grandparents. Because because in the work that I had decided to do with the Lord, I had to take them away from the biological ones. We have more and more situations, in particular in the Lord's Church, where you got a single-parent family. And, you know, mom's trying to raise these kids to know the Lord. And it's so important for an older man in the church, an older brother, uh, to be at that big brother, to be that grandfather, to be that positive male spiritual leader and role model. And that is something that the body provides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I hope that there are men that will, that will lean into that and see situations like that who will offer some spiritual guidance and help to these younger men and and they're in middle school and they're in high school and there's not a godly man close at home. And the New Testament, Paul really just straight up specifically says older women teach the younger women. It does. They need mothers. They need grandmothers and the in older the men faith. We're supposed to teach yeah. the younger men. Don't let's. And yeah, when you're, I get it. Maybe you can't teach a Bible class anymore. Maybe corralling five, ten, fifteen, three year olds, or even third graders is is beyond your yeah. strength. But but I just want to encourage us all as we get aged to continue passing this message on Amen. to other folks. Living our, it, teaching it. Our yes. own children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, but the others that are in the church around us amen, also. Amen, amen. We've gone way over, but I, I, I thought that was important. It I is. I thought that was important. All right, let's wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, help us pass along the word. 
May we pass it on to our own children, our own grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. I know we can't make them follow it, but may they hear it. May they hear it from us. And Lord, we do ask that you would give them open eyes to see and open ears to hear and open hearts and minds to understand. But help us also as a congregation to be a family full of grandparents and great-grandparents that are passing on this example of faithfulness and this teaching to as many as we can. Lord God, we love you so much for letting us be a part of this family and for letting us have the opportunity to share your truth with others. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Let's give a shout out to all those cool grandparents that are listening to this podcast. Amen. You are so cool. That is so cool. (laughs)